Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Owatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who regularly seeks marriage via prolonged battle sequence. Hey, it's the best way to find a mate. Right. I am the Adam Glass. Especially one who cares not from your, for how handsome you are. Oh, yeah. No. Primarily because you'll be disfigured from battle. Well, yeah, but... See, what I look for in a man is someone who can... protect me. Who understands you. I, yeah. Um, no, I just like arbitrary decisions. It takes oh, okay. it takes my agency in deciding on who to marry away. Which, and by the way, that's for good for me. A society based on theoretically the equality of all human beings involved—that's a really weird thing to have in there. Women, you should decide via total random luck who you will marry. Well, it's not even letting you know, the state a... decide at that point. You're just letting <laughs> who gets that's, accidentally that's, gets hit by an arrow that's decide. Pure social. That's pure socialism, isn't oh, it? Oh, I see. You know, it's just the roll of the dice. Wait, no. That makes, not, that, 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 I, it's a new. We should we should patent it right now. A new form of socialism called like uh, happenstance socialism. <laughs> happenstance socialism. I think happenstance is basically capitalism right now, though. That's true. No one likes to admit that, but. Uh, Shit happens and we just go with it. Yeah. (laughs) This week we're talking about... Alexander Nevsky, which is the first sound film directed by Sergei Eisenstein. Uh, who also is it Sergei or Sergei? Sergei, probably. Because I, I pronounced you know, it like, mentally as Sergei. I'm just checking. It's, it's totally Sergei. Okay, it's just S E R G E Y. Sergei is probably correct. The hard G that I like to put into words is totally not a thing. Well, not, not in certain areas <laughs> not in, of the world. Not in certain areas. Um. Anyway, thank you for interrupting. Sorry, me to talk about the pronunciation of his name. No, it's totally cool because it needs to be talked. But about. it's become a thing in this podcast that like yeah, no, Adam will say a name wrong and then we'll talk about it for ten minutes. I suck at pronouncing any uh, any non English name. That's uh, well, and I don't know that we have enough data points to know whether or not you also suck at pronouncing English names. We don't. We, just, we don't have enough data. So it might not be racism. It right, it might just be, just be really bad at names. I'm willing yeah. to accept that. So this is Alexander Nevsky. came out in 1938, as I said, directed by Serge. Serge. <laughs> Serge. Serge. I Let's call him Serge for the rest hey. of the podcast. Yeah. I'll get old <laughs> fast. Let's, let's be sure. We're pretty lucky I'm actually putting the, uh, the th- middle syllable into his name. How do you not mean? Just calling him Einstein the entire time. I know. Yeah, that's not that's not allowed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Serge Einstein. Serge Einstein. We're rapidly Albert turning Cousin. into a character that might or might not appear in like uh, in an animated film. Ah, it's a great uh, it's great historical fiction there, Serge Serge Einstein. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Alexander Nevsky, nineteen thirty eight Soviet era Russian film. About a 13th century Russian prince uh, who led the armies against the German invaders. Not at all an allegory. I refuse to believe it. (laughs) See, it's it's funny that you refuse to believe it, Pat. Even though I know you're (laughs) obviously lying. It is. Because this movie tries so hard to hit you over the head. Apparently, did you okay? We need to. I need just to just unpack this right now. Did you? I read the Wikipedia while I was watching because we had time, thanks to a thirty-minute battle scene. Um, Apparently, he originally had swastikas on their uniforms and was made to remove them because it was too (laughs) heavy-handed. Too heavy-handed for the Soviet goddamn Union, Adam. It was too (laughs) heavy-handed. Like, whoa, 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 dude. You're taking it a little too far. He got uh, those I, notes. 
Somebody in the in the like the <laughs> editing and the produ- one of the producers gave him those notes. Like, I think you may be taking this too far. People are not gonna buy this. Can you imagine they came from Stalin himself? In some just this weird moment of clarity. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. Propaganda is one thing, but this is just no. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, no, At I like least... the idea that it was Stalin. Yeah. Well there's there's or we'll better, talk, I like we'll to believe that that producer more. was later killed by Stalin for giving those notes. Um, that's also possible. That actually uh, probably exists in the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about more of that when we talk about Ivan the Terrible, uh, parts one and two, which are our next next episode or episodes, depending on how we do it. I guess. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Stalin's uh, Stalin's involvement with Eisenstein's career. Uh, is makes it to the point where I can't actually watch these movies. Yeah. Like I, we watch them, but the, knowing how much of just absolute one hundred percent propaganda they are, I can't find yeah. art in that. That's the thing. It you makes know, it impossible like, for me to find art, knowing that it's essentially just state product. That's like, I mean, there's something there because, like, if it were 15 minutes long, I might actually enjoy it. And I actually like some Soviet art. Yeah, but I find See, there's it's, something it's interesting weird. there because you know there's stuff we've talked about World War II era nationalistic propaganda films before. Right. We talked about what was that? Uh, the one Shakespeare adaptation. Uh, right? whichever one um, had. Yeah, I know. I don't know, but yeah, I know with. With Olivier and, and... Audience, you know. Uh, Fill in the blanks. <laughs> it was one of the Henrys, probably. Henry V? Yeah, I believe so. Or was it... Uh, I don't anyway. know. I, they all, you, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's yeah, some no, very artistic things. Triumph of Will, for everything that it is, is, is some a piece things. of art, yeah. It, 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 is, it art. is shown in film classes, period. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I can see um, that there, there are some... Te- although with Ivan... Or Ivan... Uh, Alexander Nevsky doesn't seem to have that artistic reputation. It does yeah. if you look online and stuff, but at the same time, I don't see it. At least in Ivan the Terrible, when we get to it, there me, is some things that were done there that were clever. Yeah. Not, not storytelling-wise, because... Goodness knows these movies are not story masters of storytelling. Okay, <laughs> no, but, but they're not they do they're some cool practical effects tales. and stuff. And in fact, in fact, um, the reason Alexander Nevsky got made is because Eisenstein was offered a couple of different historical epics, and he thought no one knows anything about Alexander Nevsky. I can make this up. Oh, okay. At least that he had that going for him. So maybe we're, yeah. what we're seeing here is like, well, I can just bullshit some stuff. So there's, yeah, there's there's a few points to be tied to, um, and everything else he can just create whole cloth, you know. And that's so not, I kind of like that actually. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to know so, that I didn't so, see that. So it's good to know that that in a lot of ways this is historical fiction, but at the, the same time. <laughs> it's also kind of course, sad that yeah. he could make a lot of this whole cloth, and this is what came out. <laughs> maybe, maybe. This movie think, is not interesting. Like the love story, I guess, is cool. Because um, he just added that. And, and those two guys. The subplots, yeah, okay. The subplot. The, sub, the, the subplot the, that's. Yeah, that's the subplots. Ostensibly, kind of I think, supposed to be comic, comic relief. <laughs> I like to. I, I find there's something sad and funny at the same time about that being comic relief. That says something about yeah. the Soviet Union, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. But that was comic relief. People yeah. were probably rolling in the aisles about this. I'll be I'll be honest. The uh, the one the blonde's mustache was was comic relief for me because <laughs> I no. wasn't like like it took me it took me seeing him for a good twenty minutes to figure out if it was a mustache or if he just had a weirdly shaped lip. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I feel you on that one. No, I, there's a lot of oh man, this movie. I I have notes. First of all, yeah. I do. Who is the translator on this project? Yoda. <laughs> well, that the was transposition one, yeah. of verb and subject is nuts. So, in this film. so I it's watched everything. This, I watched this on uh, Amazon. Okay, yeah. Um, 
so the uh, the print I had was an English language print. Uh, I had the, so I, the I watched on credits, Amazon as well. The opening credits were in English, and then there were subtitles that were actually on the print. Um, right. Yeah. Me and too. Yeah, they were really idiosyncratic, and it was kind didn't of translate like, some words where I had no idea what they were talking about. It Did was you notice like that maybe I think what it might have been trying to sell. Because I read, I read this about Ivan the Terrible. I did not read this about Alexander Nevsky. But apparently it was shot in this sort of fake old Russian. You know, they were just oh. talking. They were talking in that sort of, you know, we do it, we do it with English all right, the time. Right, right, yeah, I get adding it. Adding the yees and the old days and the <coughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it's still, I, and I understand that. But they, to yeah. Put that into so I think, English. They should have added yees and yays instead, maybe, of, maybe. Just instead of just translating the really crazy syntax. It doesn't make any sense. Because yeah. yeah. the syntax is nuts, man. Like, reading yeah. it was painful. It I was like... like uh, it sounds I was, like a romantic era poem. You know, it's just... Right, if you're lucky, yeah. Like, we're trying to, we're trying to end the line so that we can rhyme. So we're going to, <laughs> we're going to move... All of the phrases. Yeah, the grammar the is just going to... Just grammar, yeah, that fell out the window weeks ago. Yeah. We will do whatever we need to make this rhyme. No, it was just like... It, it was like... Not very, that the movie's trying to rhyme, I don't... No, 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 I know, but I know what you mean. But, and it, yeah. it... For me, it was just like... The first time somebody opened their mouth, I was like, what? Did yeah. I just read what I just think I read? And then, like, it just <laughs> continued. I was like, oh my god, Yoda's the translator. <laughs> Clearly. No, like the line was something like, come, like Mongols, come they have. And I was like, or something, I don't remember what the line was, but like the oh, first, it? it's one of the first lines. You're like, oh my god, this is not English. I'll tell you what's even worse though. When when the Mongols are actually talking, they're even more Mm-mm. idiosyncratic and They get an even weirder. Yeah. They're getting, they're getting like, who you be. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're getting like, uh, that sort of. Chopped yeah. up English that yeah it's yeah oh man so I have to I have to assume that both of those things were active choices on the translator's part it, well especially the 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 Mongol hordes definitely yeah the yeah. other part maybe he just like decided like oh I'm just gonna translate it the way they wrote it I don't yeah. know maybe maybe but either way that was a bad decision well I mean either. It's possible that the Russian is written like that, and he decided to just trans- translate it as it was. Although, or, any or translator she, I know team. would be beaten with a stick if they oh, decided yeah. to take no, one language idea. and not oh. fix the syntax to match the, the, the new language. But if it, was, if it was originally written in a purposeful, wrong syntax... Right, right. Which which might match, which might match the way old Russian was written. But that in that situation, the translator's job is to know to know that that's the old Russian. uh, What I'm saying is, it's it was you know it was a purposeful fake old Russian. Right, right. I understand that, but they they didn't bother. I would have thought that they would put it into purposely fake old English. Well, yeah, and I think they did, but in a in a weird way that we're not used to. Maybe Instead they don't of know. That, maybe they, maybe they are Russian translators who don't know what, yeah, I real mean, old Rus- like old English sounds like, and so, so they're, they're just, just like, oh, we'll just yeah, do best we can. To be to be certain, though, the uh, it's tough to read. Eventually, it I think I just bought into it or stop paying attention. I that's what happened to me. Is I was just like, okay, whatever. It's just yeah. The I'll, dialogue I'll is not with that this. important anyway in this movie, frankly. Well, I mean, it's also, it's a really arbitrary way to add drama to a line, is to is to make it that weird, right? weird syntax, I guess. But like stage drama, like, you know. Not... Well, and I mean, again, you know, we do it in, with Old English all the time. Well, yeah, absolutely. Constantly. And, you know, yeah. we, we, t- we accept it, although it is cliched, and if you do a bad job of it, you get shit for it. <laughs> yes. In the in, in modern society. Especially in the modern society. Yeah. So um but no, it just well, bothered me. This is not modern society. No, I know. Oh goodness. Nineteen thirty eight Soviet <laughs> Russia. <laughs> it's not what we typically <laughs> refer to as a modern society. Um yeah. I'd like to point out that one of the big selling points in all three of the Ein, uh, Eisenstein um series, 
that we watched yeah. is the music. And I'll bring it up again in Ivan the Terrible. But, like, that's one of their major oh, yeah. selling points is, like, really great operatic score. Yeah. And I got to say, it, it's pretty good. It really is great. And, they play uh, it hard, though, man. When those Teutonic Knights roll in, yeah, it's like I got – okay, first of all, did George Lucas watch this film? Because <laughs> there are some startling similarities between the Teutonic Knight there, theme and the there's Empire, a lot of Imperial March. There's and a lot other of things in Not film. just in the music, but in the, in the Battle of the Ice, that long yeah. war sequence. There's a lot of influence there that pops up yeah, in the films. And and while I wouldn't necessarily call this movie great, uh, I think there No, are there are some who, things they did definitely yeah. have drawn from this. Well, and I can see that because if you if you're, you know, doing things like taking film histor uh history classes and not a lot escapes from Soviet Russia. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially now, we know a lot about Soviet Russia that we did not know. Especially at the this time. area of Soviet, Soviet right. Russia, because you know it's it's not until Stalin dies that really things started to relax. Right to the point where we um, so we a very uh, this is probably one of the few pieces of culture that the West actually got. Yeah, and, and got it when it came out. Too. Right, got at a time when they could have integrated into Western culture, and so yeah. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. You know what I mean? It's early enough that that's a big battle sequence that actually is fairly well done and is surprisingly yeah. large. It's, and it's apparently has some crazy technical mastery to it. It was shot in, shot in summer. Yeah, shot in the middle of summer. So, you know, the special effects, you know, just from set design, a set design standpoint. In right. This, uh, well, and like the they're using really sand good. instead of snow. I find and it fascinating uh, the way they're painting trees. Right. They with chalk and stuff. Light <laughs> chalk and they painted leaves light blue to make them look more wintry. I find it fascinating that, that and that's I'm sure that's where a lot of this comes from because that's we're talking about a very yeah. early point in in practical effects, right? A time when people are still figuring out what the limitations of film would allow them to do. You know what I mean? And that's one yeah. of the things is if you're dealing with black and white, you can make it winter without it being winter. Yeah, it's a, it's actually it's a little bit easier. So yeah, than it is if it's color, and um, yeah. you know it's fascinating that he was able to do that, and I I applaud that. That is interesting, but that's interesting in the sense that I just read this little snippet from a textbook in film history <laughs> class. Not interesting <laughs> as in like sit through an hour, like yeah. two hours of film. Yeah, because the the other elements of that battle sequence not so great. It's not super interesting. Although apparently, I guess maybe that's a framework for the Lord of the Rings. Was it the the second one? The let's let's see who can kill more people, or whatever. Well, so yeah, who I can mean, get married that, or whatever. That pops up too. That yeah. that shows up in lots of films, but I understand that. But, um, I wonder if it. Uh, I wonder if it originated here. It very well may uh, have. It that's could have. I mean, guys. we're fairly early in film history at this point. Two uh, two guys who aren't necessarily main characters, but are still fairly important to the movie. You know, having their own little battle. yeah, Obviously, kind of battle-based subplot. It gets uh, it gets a little more ornate in the Lord of the Rings. Yes, but, it does. Uh, there's no one. There's no one surfing on a shield. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's not talk about those movies. Um, <laughs> there are parts of those movies I love, and parts of those movies that I can't stand. And you just you just yeah. brought one that killed me. <laughs> I know. I almost. I, know. I almost. I literally believe I threw my hands up in the air and made a noise. <laughs> that happened in, in not not of joy when that happened in the <laughs> not of joy yeah this is not a this is not a joyful noise um so things i have written down we'll okay. just get through we'll just go through my notes uh i wrote because apparently i was a can i was uh, channeling the the doge the the uh or dog <laughs> or whatever uh i don't know what happened i don't know how you pronounce it but the shiba you know that is in there yeah is i know probably, I, I, I wrote such I heroic realism such heroic <laughs> Good. Um, Good. I don't believe I was at the time trying to make that into that kind of thing. That's just what got written out. No. Um, but uh, heroic realism is the is the art movement uh, that was born out of was it, born out of socialist realism, right? Uh, yeah. That this movie is. Period. Yeah. There's no debate here. It, there was some debate on like some of the things I was reading online, but no, this movie is heroic realism. And all that that entails, you know. I mean, yeah. we're talking 
your your character is larger than life, has the elements that make him a hero amplified and anything else kind of removed. There's no concern that he will lose. Yeah. All these things, right? Like it's um I don't know. I which is weird because I enjoy the art style in its um painting form. I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh not as interesting as some of the other earlier and later Soviet art forms. Um heroic realism is definitely the most boring of them. <laughs> Even socialist realism is kind of funnier cuz it's, you know, I think the joke I read was uh, way meets tractor is for socialist realism. (laughs) But, like, uh, no, it's, like, but, man, as a film, that does not work. No, no. As as painting, that, like, you, where you add in the story and everything mentally, it kind of works. Because it's even what you get in comic book uh, paintings a lot of times, even now. Yeah. Where you add in kind of your own background and everything to the picture. But in, in film form, my goodness, how many times is that man going to pause looking over his shoulder into, like, the heavens for, like, a jutting yeah. chin shot? That happens, like, 50 <laughs> DM times in this film. Yes. Where it's just, like, it goes into some, like, little lyrical thing in the score, and it's just a close-up of him looking off into space. And you're like, what the hell is going on here? Eyes are a little soft. Chin's yeah, yeah we threw on the soft focus. Oh man, it's just the worst. The mail, the film is not the worst film we've ever seen. It's, it's just so this, dramatic, this, but it's so like fake dramatic. It hurts to watch. I cannot. I kind of can't believe that. Like, I think I read. No, this is just me pulling it out of my butt. Okay, but I think okay. that I read that this is his actually his most famous film. Uh, well, no, I'd say his most no, like some, I thought his I saw, most famous sound film maybe. I mean, like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Something about this is, is well, right, right. This is this is his most film. famous. What did I read? I read something where like one of his most only, influential films. Or he only, like that. only he only finished three sound films. You know, right? And we watch all three of them. Right, in that, spot, that's so. that's true. So that's not a yeah. big area yeah. to pull from. But they, they definitely said it was one of his most influential films. Yeah. But my point is why. Why is it so influential? It's not for its story. Well. Or its no. ability to build drama. No. It's got to be for those practical effects. That's all it's left. Those practical effects are great. Some and of the cinematography. Scene, the cinematography in that battle scene is... They make some weird choices, and it's a half hour of like nothing happening Yeah, for a lot of it. Because we, we're getting a lot of scenes of people marching Yeah, um, that aren't exactly Which, all that I'm glad... That at some point, some director realized that watching people march is boring as shit. And we don't have to do that very often anymore. Yeah. Like, it, I understand that you can build drama with that kind of thing. Like, you can build tension. Yeah. But it did not happen in this film. I think... One, one thing I did find interesting about this movie... Yes. Is that... Um, Soviet propaganda walks a very fine line if you're talking about uh, if you're talking about Russian history because we want to we want to draw all the Russians together and all be proud to be Russian in the Soviet era but we also don't want to uh, honor the noblemen of the past right the yeah. of the past it is so, really ridiculous while Nevsky while Nevsky is a prince He's introduced fishing with his people. Right. He is supposed to and, be a... He's, he's in the water. He's working. And even after everybody else is off talking to the Mongols and getting into a fight with the Mongols, he's still in the water fixing a net. Right. Yeah. He's supposed to be salt so of the earth, man, of, man the of the people. people. Yeah. Salt of the earth. Again, heroic realism. Yeah. And then all For the sure. other... All the other uh, and socialist realism. The aristocracy, sure. the aristocracy is against him, to an extent. The church, the Russian church, barely functions. <laughs> yeah, apparently the, 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 the yeah, it's it's kind of in the background, but it's not important. And we're fighting the Holy Roman Empire, so this movie is by its nature anti-Catholic. 
Well, which is uh, yeah, that, that's two for anti, one right there. Anti-Western church, um, and and certainly the uh, the Teutonic Knights are are their religion is is played up, and they're the bad guys, and they're religious. Yeah, they're borderline swastika wearing religion. Oh yeah, I do uh, not think existed. I feel like there is still one swastika in the movie at least. There is somewhere. I and think there's one on the flag or on, something. And I think there's. I think there's actually one on some of the uh, some of the churches. Stuff. Yeah, there might be. It's just it apparently it was the every helmet. Every helmet was supposed to. Oh, be, apparently, terrible. like yeah, what I was reading, I think it's like something like that on on Wikipedia says that like originally, every single member of the Teutonic Knights was bearing some sort of swastika, and they were he was forced to remove them because that was just too much. It was just too yeah. muchery. So I find that funny, but like, it does. It and that is probably the most fascinating thing about going back and watching Soviet propaganda is that how do we walk that line between glorifying our past and acknowledging that our past existed <laughs> and yeah. was a thing that we, you know, what I mean, like, how can you be proud of a thing that you also could very easily call bourgeoisie? Yeah, a, you know, a thing. A thing that you have you have actively fought against within the last right. generation. Right, right. That you literally had a, re- a revolution to get rid of. Yeah. But yet you need Russians to be proud of being Russian. And that's the issue, right, is that... And it's even more of an issue in Ivan the Terrible than it is in uh, Alexander oh, Nevsky. Yeah. is no, certainly. We need this past because that's what makes us a people. But we don't need this past because it's that bullshit that made us have a revolution in the first place. And it's real tough. I mean, it's, that that particular conundrum is the most important and interesting part about these films. But unfortunately, we don't. That's all on us to unpack. The film yeah. doesn't acknowledge it or talk about it in any way. There is a, there is one interesting thing with its relationship to Stalin too. Um, apparently, while filming, uh, Eisenstein published an article uh, comparing. Um, very specifically, Nevsky to Stalin, and the yeah, I saw of, that. Of it was called Alexander Nevsky and the Route of the Germans, but the routing of the Teutonic Knights as a uh, um, comparing him to Stalin fighting back against the the Nazis. Um, because of that, it got some interest, and the Kremlin requested an advanced screening, um, and without Eisenstein's approval. Um, he wasn't or even assaulted. an acknowledgement, yeah. Yeah. Someone else grabbed grabbed the film, took it over, and filmed it, and one of the reels disappeared at some point. Yeah, apparently the one that featuring the townspeople f- brawling yeah. with each other. Yeah, they, uh, there's kind of open revolt in Novgorod, <laughs> Novgorod uh, from what I've read, um, though... Can't be, can't be certain. I'm sure the script still exists. So, you know, right? I'm sure that certain. they know that it existed. It's so not it's, like it was a race from uh, history. Yeah. So there's well, there's two theories on what happened. One was that it got left in the editing room, and they decided that the version they showed Stalin should probably be the version they actually release. Without a good bet, a safe bet. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Or that Stalin saw that scene and said, "Oh no, not happening." And, uh, and either way, you go with, I think in, in Stalin Russia, you know, Stalin Soviet, you, you just go with whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you're good to go with whatever he says okay to. Air, and nothing else. Side of caution. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd like to point out that one of the things that I found very interesting about the film, especially the battle se- sequence, is basically yeah. what I wrote down is send wave after wave at the better equipped and organized army. Does this sound familiar in any way <laughs> yes, to anybody? Yeah. The, the the Russian tactics in this film are are identical. Well, of course, you know it's Is all that about just, numbers, it, right? Right, like they basically just overwhelm the Teutonic Knights. Like to be oh, fair, we they, can just they, send person after person. That works for Russia because they have the numbers, and right? Uh, yeah, and I understand the that the interchangeability of Russian people apparently. Right, but that's sad to put in your historical drama that's supposed to make Russians seem amazing. Yeah. But you know but what I'm no, saying, I think, right? I think that's I think that's a point of pride. It is, in, I know, in Sovietism, I know. that that we we can do this because we have these numbers, and we, we can, have these we numbers, and more importantly, it. our people are willing to do this. Yeah, we can overrun any any enemy out of sheer force of will. 
Right. Um, and I understand, but it's it's hard as a Westerner to put that well, yeah, into a because, reasonable because context. We value we value the individual life. Right. And and Soviet Russia probably you know does not. Uh, <laughs> not, not as much. Not definitely not as much. Although I did like there's some other there's a few moments that I liked when um he says something the strength of the sword is the arm that wields it. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was interesting. That, yeah. that struck me for some reason. That's one thing. Nevsky, Nevsky, and and a couple of other characters are are like every five minutes spout some Russian proverb. Right, and I I enjoyed <laughs> some of those. I like yeah. I like proverbs. Yeah. They're neat. They're more interest. They're more engaging <laughs> than the actual dialogue in the film. Um, they really are. But the last note I have written down, and after that we're on our own, is <laughs> is that the retreat of the Teutonic Knights was very Keystone Cops esque. <laughs> Did you not feel that? I heard like I almost heard the Benny Hill sound like sound like uh, what's that called that song? Yakety sax, yakety sax in my head when they were running away. I was like, "What is going on here? Did you guys speed up the film just to make this really goofy looking?" I know they didn't, but I just felt it. Like there's knights falling and slipping. The only thing that makes it different is there's very obvious like m- stabbings going on. They were yeah. not shown as the the Teutonic Knights fall, but like nonetheless, not, it's like there's not often a lot of stabbings when when, when the Keystone Cops are playing. <laughs> or yeah, Betty Ho. Uh, but no, I mean it was very comical. Like they're slipping on the ice and they're sliding around and they're running away, and I'm like, what? Like, maybe it wasn't on purpose, but it felt like a tone shift in the at the very end of the movie. Oh, those crazy Teutonic Knights! What a bunch of wild cards! They're crazy. Yeah, it was weird. I don't... It bothered me a little bit. And that's all I got on this yeah. film, frankly. <laughs> don't have anything yeah, else. Not a, so, not Soviet Russia's oh, interesting place. Um, I like looking at its art is, is, like I said, I prefer the visual art, like the 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 more static arts, than I yeah. do the, this, but. It, it, it is interesting to think about the, the juxtaposition of art and and social control, but, um, you know, I mean, again, the, because we only get the product that is the result of the social control, it's hard to dig into it, you know? Yeah. We don't get to see the films that got their creators killed. You know? That's not a thing we get to see. So all we have is the is the product of the social control rather than anything that isn't contrary to it. Yeah. And that leaves us kind of, it leaves me at least a little bit empty on being able to analyze it. I mean, the difference being that like, you know, with the art projects, I think because they're more small scale, except for like the statuary and stuff that you can see the artists slipping in some of their artistic heritage in there. Uh, like they may have studied cubism or something and there's some things in there that are somewhat cubist mm-hmm. and things like that but in here like I don't know man was Eisenstein just all gung-ho for the the, the Soviet system I mean, was he a, a, like a, a closet dissenter we don't know anything yeah I mean that obviously doesn't not really at least in this movie it doesn't pop up yeah you know? uh, we could make arguments for for vibe and the terribles right. um, but I think uh I think enough of the rest of the production staff was that it's it's hard to right. Like how can you differentiate that? Like one of the screenwriters was ruined to be rumored to also be a you know Soviet secret police agent. Yeah, well, you know? and, so it's Moscow. Well, wait, was wasn't wasn't things. one of his producers was legitimately sent to like just monitor him? Or was that on Eyes yeah. and the Terrible? One of the two. Um, he, I mean, one of his producers I mean, was literally just there to make sure he doesn't. Yeah. Go off the. Yeah, one of the but directors I mean, on Ivan the Terrible, um, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's just is, it just works for the, the the secret police. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. one thing I like to point out that I forgot that I wrote down because it's way at the top is the horde is very genial. Beca- <laughs> perhaps like. Because the nature of this movie doesn't allow real, like, actual violence. Yeah. Like, they knock a couple people over. And then it becomes a nice little witty banter session in which they're just kind of chit-chatting. 
You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel... They don't feel threatening at all. The Probably one of the greatest dangers the, the, the Russians ever faced is kind of like, nah, those crazy Mongols. What a yeah. bunch of gal- what a bunch of galoots. You know what I mean? Like it's so like, they, like they're even, not even when they start to fight and the Mongols have spears, like no one dies in that fight. No. It's like what is going on here? They're going, like, they're going for a good ten minutes before before Nevsky walks up the shore and like, just starts, Hey, stop that. Yeah, it's kinda like and then they just do. Yeah, and real chiding. He's Yeah, yeah, he's like, Hey, what are you kids doing? Get off my lawn. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, they were, like, moments away from, like, one guy crouching down behind another guy and pushing him over or something, you know? Yes. Like, that classic thing or something like that, you know? Or <laughs> We were, like, we were in Laurel and Hardy territory here with yeah. the Mong- Mongols. And it's like, what is, are we just supposed to, like, is the point of this film to, like, portray Russian enemies as just not even being worth considering? I don't know. I mean, I guess they're not current enemies at the time of the well, making of the film with Russia, so it's like, oh, let's just not worry about them. Those Germans, though, yeah. they're the problem. The Germans are the problem. And... Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Let's <laughs> kind of start adding some weird racism to this podcast. <laughs> and what about those Italians, eh? Oh, Italians are terrible. I have to say I Italians, actually, I think, to be truly I was, one, I was flipping through on the television once, the television, when I used to have cable. <laughs> yeah, the way you said and that I was so... Up, uh, I, I ended up watching this... Uh, it, it really might have been, like, why we fight. Um, but I swear it was narrated by uh, John Wayne. Okay, and I believe this you. Black and white, World War Two, like newsreel style documentary thing. Oh God, those things! But all I caught, all I caught was a line that said that every couple of generations the Germans get uppity, <laughs> so we always have to stay vigilant. Oh my gosh, was that in the newsreel or in the narration? It was. It was in the narration. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. right, but the narration would have been of the newsreel. Of the well, why we it, fight from way back when. Yeah, but the narration was like John Wayne talking. Right, know, but that would, that, that's classical racism rather than modern racism, yeah. which at least yeah. makes it somewhat less upsetting. <laughs> I don't know. You know well, 1945 <laughs> racism to German was, Germany, Germans in Germany was bad, but yeah, at least there was some context for it. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Like it, Contextualist racism. The, the ability, it doesn't make it better, it just makes it a little less upsetting. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit like, no, I, I, I'm just going to start, that's going to be my life motto from now on. I'm going to put that on my family crest and I'm going to put it on my <laughs> Every couple of generations, the Germans get, get up at So watch out. So watch out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so stay vigilant. Yeah. Um, I think one bit of influence we haven't talked about yet is, uh, is the clear influence on the last temptation of Christ because Nikolai Cherkasov. <laughs> as Alexander Nevsky here, looks so much like Willem Dafoe as Jesus in Last Temptation. I did not make that connection at all. I, really, I, I don't know. I'm just I was expecting I, Alexander Nevsky to possibly be crucified, but like I, that was just because up, the situation. Well, no, too, too religious. I opened up one of the... Uh, one of the Wikipedia no, pages, and it's just... It's, it's one of the... Him looking off into the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the middle distance things, and he's just... You know, with the goatee and the wavy hair. Yeah, yeah, I know. No. Yeah, no, it's... it's, oh, Man, that... Those, scene, those scenes, there's a lot of them in this film. Yeah. Like, we are supposed to buy hard that this man is, like, the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, he... It, it's too much. It's not... I don't like any of these kind of... Which is a weird thing for me to say, because I love superhero films. Yeah. But he lacks a flaw. Completely. He is oh, perfect. Yeah. No, definitely. He is, is, he is unto a god. Mm-hmm. And that's bothersome in a film. Like, you can't just make a perfect human being who goes around and does things perfectly. And then, and then, like, okay, we got our story, guys. 
perfect being, I mean, walks but, around, does things perfectly, the end. But that is how folk heroes work, you know, and this is, this is Well, yes, but usually folk heroes do struggle f- with something external. Yeah. And Alexander Nessie doesn't even appear to struggle with the Teutonic Knights that much. No, no. It's picks, sort of like all... pretty handily. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Is like, And usually there's a build-up, right, where that person becomes the the super being that all folk heroes are. There's a there's a build up. There's a a, a a personal growth. You can't like he's just like created whole cloth at the beginning of the film as and here is your savior. He will yes. save you and he is wonderful. Please enjoy the next hour and a half of him kicking everyone's ass. It's not it's not a story. You know there is, is no is, journey. Except for the fact that he goes to the city. It's a physical journey in space, I suppose, but we don't actually see the journey anyway. I was kind of I was kind of joking about about the uh the comparison to to Jesus, I assumed. but I don't know if that's too far off the mark. I don't you know. know yeah, no, certainly not in the way he's introduced, of you know, Jesus. he's just in that and he, yeah, he's, he kind of fishing. He's fishing down in the water, and he doesn't care about the violence going on so much as to just childishly, oh, stop that. And then everybody stops as soon as he says it. It's not so much, you know, a traditional interpretation of a Christ figure, but it is... It is an interpretation of a God figure, It is an interpretation of a God figure that Soviet Russia would want to have, I think. Right, a God who is a person. like a a, Yeah, one one that doesn't necessitate empowering the church over the state. Right. It, it is a it is a god who is a he is a god and yet he is a person. Yeah. He is a he is a, he, a a a worker. Although he is not and a he worker. He doesn't do anything. Whatever. He doesn't do anything that we have to uh ignore uh in order to justify the type of government we're running. Right. And that and that's I guess the 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 benefit of this over your Ivan the Terribles is that like because there's so little note about him. Yeah. You can just make the perfect Soviet figure out of him. Exactly. But when you write stories about gods who are actually gods and not Greek gods, you... I mean, even the Greeks felt the need to put flaws in their gods. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. In fact, that's basically the whole thing. But when you create somebody who is just perfect, who does things perfectly... At the perfect time, in the perfect way, you haven't made a story. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the problem, right? Like, we don't... The only compelling element is that subplot about the guys trying to get married. Because that's the only people who actually struggle in the film. People die. But God knows I don't know any of their names. (laughs) Absolutely. Because this film is not set up in a way where people could actually know, like, the names of characters. Other yeah. than Nevsky, and the two yeah. guys, I should know the two guys' names, but I don't remember it. But Nevsky is like the only are... person who introduces, who gets introduced, right? But we do know their names because it's said yeah. often enough. I just don't know what they are. We know her name because her name is Olga. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Olga Which... is the one they're fighting over, right? Um, and that's all Vasily we know about her. And Gavrilo, I think, are the names of the two guys. Okay, something sure. Like that. And that's and just my the, racism. Uh, <laughs> Names are uh, hard. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, but they're not. I mean, they are minor characters, but they have the. They're they're the only ones actually struggling in the film. No, no. Vasily is the is the girl's dad because Vasilisa is her name. Okay. So I believe anyway. whatever you tell me. I'm not. I do not have Wikipedia open. No. So I will never know. True. You won't ever know. I know. Because even if you tell me, you could be lying to me. This could be a very Soviet Russia experiment. Oh, you yeah. Can I'm just making... tell me whatever you want. I will believe I'm making you. all of this up. It's true. We didn't even watch the film, guys. Nope. <laughs> we just read Wikipedia. That's actually one thing. Um, for this movie, you you really could gather everything important about it. Uh, yes, from... you could what's been written about it instead of from actually watching it. Yes, you could. We could, have, we, could have, it. we could have actually skipped the watching of the film if that weren't the point of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
That's um, we'll make a new podcast that's just us recounting what we read on Wikipedia <laughs> about films. That'll be it. Best that podcast what ever. We do a lot. No, that's not fair. We at least watch the films. Yeah. yeah. And we do share our opinions. It's just like, well, where are we going to get our facts? What do we know from film? Yeah. And we got to anyway. put in facts because they inform our feelings about the film. This movie is featured in the 19... At least its title was featured in the 1984 uh, anti-Soviet classic, Red Dawn. Yeah, I uh, saw that. Oh, man. I wish it was featured in the new one, but that would be... It wouldn't fit because it's North Korea. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be the Chinese, but everybody was scared, apparently. The Chinese would get pissed about it. So they went so with the safe... Yeah, apparently. What did I you read about movie. that? They they CGI the North Korean flag yeah. over top of every Chinese flag. They fixed flag. it in post. Yeah. Because Chinese people and North Koreans are the same. Yeah. How is that a better solution? It's so horrible. But like also like me and me and Andy watched this film together, okay? okay? He visited me here in Japan and we watched it together. That's what we did with our time. We're like, what can we do with our time? Oh, well, let's watch the new Russia, the new uh, Red Dawn film. Man, it killed us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the the concept of the North Koreans being able to overrun the entire United States is just kind of batshit insane anyway. Well, yeah. But it's also just... The film's ludicrous anyway, but, you know... There's nothing redeeming about that movie. No, except for the fact that the original features this film. Because they're watching it in town or whatever. Yeah, everyone in town. Oh, no, it's at it's at the it's at the theater, movie. right? It's, it's at the in theater, the theater. Yeah, but it's it's at the theater, and there's a note on the on the marquee that says everyone is to watch it on Saturday, and that it will be free. <laughs> yeah, it's it's social. It's a uh, communism. <laughs> they can't charge well, you to yeah, watch the film. That's, I think the the real interesting thing about this movie, uh, because it's as much as it is Soviet propaganda, it's still. We're all Russians. We can come together and stop any fight and and live in peace. Yeah, propaganda. Be, be, you know, yeah, totally. It's, it is. It's much more about Russian nationalism than it necessarily is about Soviet nationalism. Oh, for sure. And the fact of the matter is, is that we'll get into the same thing with Ivan the Terrible. It's it's more yeah. about making sure every Russian knows that every Russian is every Russian. Yeah, and that that exactly. makes them all the same than yeah. it is about the Soviets are the bomb. But that's, I think, probably on the eve of World War Two, what Russia needed more than anything, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's still Soviet propaganda. It just does a different job than a lot of other Soviet propaganda does. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, definitely. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Yeah. No. 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 I remove I, Sovietism I, I, from this movie either. No. You know? I, but it's no. Obvious. No. I. But I see what you're saying. It is yeah. Russian propaganda rather than Soviet propaganda yeah. for the most part. Although anyway. the the the, the hero, like the socialist realism and the heroic realism is a direct product of, oh yeah, the communist party being in charge of Russia, so no film like this probably would have been made no. if it weren't. And for obviously, them being in obviously, power. If, if this were just straight Russian propaganda instead of Soviet propaganda, the church would be more involved, uh, right? And and Nevsky you know, would be a prince. Probably. Nevsky would would actually be a prince, and and the aristocrats of. Novgorod would would not be bad people. They wouldn't have been the know? yeah the bickering, fighting idiots that they are. Yeah. Right? They would have yeah. just been everyone great guys would have been working with, hard with good together. ideas. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, there are some elements like that, but mainly it's an anti-German film more than anything else. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. And I find that helmet kind of interesting. Apparently, the helmets were designed to look like World War One German helmets. And yeah. I wasn't getting that. Stuff like I read that, that yeah. but I, I didn't get it. I saw it a couple times. It's like most most of the Teutonic Knight helmets I saw in this movie just looked like buckets that had been well had holes welded out of them. The God. not them, no the 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 foot soldiers. Oh, the foot soldiers. Okay, maybe yeah. Just, their helmets, yeah. if you look at them from the right angle, because there was a couple angles of like, oh, because I didn't see it at first either when they were charging head on, but uh-huh. then there was a couple angles from behind. I was like, oh, I get it now. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. Because there's not yeah. a lot of difference between those helmets and the World War II helmets, anyway. No, and, no, not huge. And, and there's yeah. noticeable. There's it's noticeable if you see it from the right angle. But it, it stumped me when I read that too, and then, then I saw it later. All right, I'll believe you. Hmm. You should. I do. 
I know what I'm talking about. I'm an well, authority how, on Russian helmet design. How about we finish this one up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, so that's Ivan Nevsky. Yeah. Ivan Nevsky. See, I told you I was going to do it. <laughs> you made it so far without doing that. Um, Man. That, that's, your, that's your anti-Russian racism coming. I don't know that it's your, I don't know what it is. I think it's my ability to not confuse everybody's name I meet. Yes. So that was Alexander Nevsky. Thank you once again for listening to Lost in Criterion. Next week we'll be continuing uh, through this Eisenstein box set. God help us all. (laughs) Indeed. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again. to Lost in Criterion, a production of With Two Brains. The show is hosted by Adam Glass and John Patrick Owatari Dorgan. Jonathan Hape did the music, and Adam Glass also edited it all together. Feel free to contact us by email via lostincriterion at withtwobrains.com or join us on the web at www.lostincriterion.com.